Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where there are two consoles, both alike in dignity, in Fair Verona, where we lay our scene. I'm Void. I'm here with my co-host, Beige. I wish I had something good to say, but <laughs> I, a, a, a plague on both your houses. That was it. Yeah, that's that probably what about I died right. to. I want to, we want to talk about console hype. Um, we've had a couple weeks off, so we actually have some geekery built up, but we're going to hold off on some of that because all this console news is coming out like in almost real time. Um, as we're recording, it's the day that the Xbox it just went live for pre-orders. And then last week, things went live for PlayStation 4, like PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 pre-orders. There's just like a, yep. a lot that's been going on the last week. So we're going to do this and a little bit of geekery. And then all this geekery we built up from secretly taking a couple weeks off, we'll kind of pick away at over the next couple weeks. Yeah. And I didn't even realize, like I got confused today. I thought the Xbox Series X went on pre-sale to pre-order tomorrow. Uh, I thought today was the 21st because I'd actually taken off yesterday from work uh, because of cleaning out some stuff at my mom's house. So I I came to work for the first time today thinking, oh, the Xbox pre-orders go live tomorrow. Then I get a text message from Austin. It's like, oh, yeah, the pre-orders went live about 15 minutes ago. Are you going to get one? And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's tomorrow. And then I realize I'm behind today. Luckily, I'm not. Like yeah. the, the hype behind the PS5, I got all behind. But the X, I'm actually going to hold off on for a little bit. Yeah. So before we dive into where we landed with it, I just wanted to lay out like where everything stands with pre-orders and stuff. Um, so basically, to give the rundown, if people don't keep up with consoles and the whole launch process the way that you and I do, um, the Xbox and the PlayStation are both coming out with new consoles. The Xbox has the Series X and the Series S which that's confusing to say out loud, but it is what it is. Yes. Um, the PlayStation 5 has two editions also. One is the digital edition, and then one of them has a disk drive. And so there's like four different variations of consoles that are coming out here. Um, the and they're not equivalent to each other. No. That's the weird thing, too, is you would think they would be the rough equivalent, and they're not, which is also a different topic to talk about. Yeah, so the the Xbox has the S model coming out at 299, so basically $300. The X model is coming out at $500, so 499. Um they have this interesting financing thing that I want to talk about in a bit. Um that one launches on November 10th. And then the PlayStation, it has the digital version coming out at 399, so about 400 bucks, and then the disc version coming out at 499, so $500. So they have some equivalencies and they're kind of both in the same price range. Nothing is dramatically off from one another um and the playstation 5 is out on november 12th so they're coming out within two days of each other the pricing is very similar um but the thing is like you said it's not equivalent for the different versions that are coming out because the playstation the only difference between the two is that one has a disc drive and the other one doesn't besides that it's exactly the same hardware you just get a hundred dollar discount um and, then, and it's a slightly smaller form like yeah. it'll sit a little smaller on your on your shelf which uh it's really matters to people without a lot of space because the ps5 is a monster of a machine yeah it's it's large so there's that on the playstation side and then on the xbox side there's a lot more difference like the s is not as powerful of a machine as the x no. model um 
the main difference is like frame rate and really the resolution. So like if you're still right. doing 1080p, you don't have a 4K TV, you don't really obsess over frame rates and stuff. The S model is fine. Like it'll do what you want it to do. It'll play all the same games. If you are somebody who has a cutting edge system, you're in 4K TV with HDR, you want 120 frames per second every time you can get it and you have like some custom sound system, you probably want the X model. That's kind of the big difference there between those. The way that I've thought about the S and the X, because they're there, it's weird that they're different, that the PS5 has the has the same hardware behind them, but the Xbox doesn't. I thought about the S and the X kind of like the PS4 and the PS4 Pro, where uh, I'm perfectly fine right now with my PS4 without any kind of, of upgrades to it. So I would actually I was actually looking at the Xbox Series S kind of as a uh, Game Pass box uh, for whenever it uh it comes out and I decide to get it because I don't have a 4K TV and I don't really care about 120 frames per second. It's a it's a it's a bargain one. And Jennifer and I were talking this morning about them where it, it seems like it's almost aimed at families where uh, it is much more affordable for families to drop two ninety nine, which is the same price as a switch than four ninety nine on something, especially when it's going to play the same games. Well, and it's interesting, too, because Microsoft and Sony are playing different games at the moment. Like, yes. I don't I don't think it's been super well covered yet in the gaming press and definitely not in the mainstream media where the, the approach here is drastically different in a way that it never has been with previous console generations. So there's kind of a standard standard console launch playbook that you can follow where you upgrade your hardware, you get a bunch of first party exclusives, you make big promises about what this generation is going to do, and then you launch your new hardware and you get it out there for people. That is basically the same playbook that PlayStation 5 is following. It's, it's yep. that, right? There's a digital version, but outside of the fact that that little thing is different, it's it's right out of that standard playbook. Xbox isn't doing that. Xbox wants you to get on Game Pass and get into their Microsoft ecosystem, and they don't care where you're playing it. It's really interesting yep. because it's like, yeah, they're launching new boxes, but there's no exclusive games on them. At, between now and year end there's like literally nothing on them that you can play that you can't play somewhere else and that's not true of playstation right like if you want to play the playstation 5 exclusive games you have to get a ps5 but on xbox you there's nothing like there will be i know there will be but you can just keep going with your xbox one x or your xbox one or you can play them on pc um Xbox doesn't care because they want you to buy Game Pass. And once you're in Game Pass, you're going to pay them $15 a month. What they want is they want to become the Netflix of gaming and they are mm -hmm. well on their way. And it is so fascinating to watch because it's such a divergence from the standard console launch. And it's really interesting to look at all of this and see how they're reacting to each other because of this, that there is still this game of chicken that's being played, or there was up until they really went on pre-order, but it's it's that PlayStation and Xbox are, it's like the, the game Disney Villainous. Have you ever played it? I know of it. Okay, so the, the the whole thing about that game is that you're playing on the same board with the same cards, but every single person has a different goal. So you're taking turns for each other, but everybody has a different victory condition. And so you're playing the same game, but you're playing it in a completely different way for a different reason. And that's what Xbox and PS5 are doing right now. The Microsoft and Sony are playing the same game, but they're going for two completely different things where they can both win 
it's just going to be a very strange way because they have to adapt to each other in ways that they've never had to do before. Yeah, I mean, it's super interesting because I think by any traditional metric of a console launch, we're going to be saying that like the PlayStation 5, like one, and that's air quotes. I know you can't see it, but I'm doing it in real life. Like one, um, <laughs> this launch, right? And I think that PlayStation will like quote unquote win all the way through at least next like June-ish when E3 news typically comes out because by all the metrics we're used to for a standard console launch, PlayStation 5 is set up to do that. But what's actually happening is that Xbox is just trying to give users more and more ways to get into their ecosystem so that they can sell Game Pass subscriptions. And they want to become this Netflix of games. Yesterday, the day before like the console's pre-order for Xbox, they acquired Bethesda, which is one of only <laughs> like four or five major publishers in the entire industry. Like Xbox wants you to have to play games in their ecosystem, and they want to give you an affordable way to do it. They're not going to try to charge you $60 or $70 per game. They just want you to give them that drip feed, that 15 bucks a month. And I think they're going to succeed. I think what's going to happen is, you know, probably around E3 time next year, whether or not E3 happens, we're going to get a bunch of, like, looks ahead at the games that are coming exclusively for xbox that'll be on game pass on day one but i think it's really probably two or three years out from where we really see microsoft hit their stride with this new business model yeah it's going to end up favoring xbox in well I don't want to say the entire thing is going to favor Xbox because Sony is going to do their thing and they're going to do it well because they've never not really done this well. But Xbox is really going to pioneer on this. And I think the stuff that they're investing in right now is definitely going to pay off in a couple of years where we're going to get as consumers a much better place in terms of gameplay, uh, especially if you're a digital gamer, that uh, you're not going to get into the Xbox if you're somebody who wants to collect those games games because there's a good chance that there's not going to be physical editions of a lot of these things that you're going to be playing on your xbox uh, it's it's like the the financing thing where they want to lock you in like you can finance an xbox series x right now for 35 dollars a month that's going to get you a 24 month contract of game pass ultimate and an xbox one x um and it equals out to a roughly the same price, depending on their bonuses and what is free and what $1 uh, trials and stuff like that they have. You're going to save anywhere between $3 and $60 whenever I looked at all of the math. So um, it uh, th when I did one this morning based on some promos that are going on right now, it saves you $3. Most of the time it's about uh, 60 So it it's just really interesting where all they want is you as a part of, of their ecosystem, like you said, because subscription models make so much more money than one-off purchases. And they're really betting on having their entire system be uh, software as a service and essentially one big microtransaction. Yeah, and the fact that they have those financing options is huge, right? To give people this easy on-ramp into it because all of these people who can't afford to drop 300 or 500 dollars depending on which console 
a, a lot of people can swing 25 bucks a month or 35 bucks a month, depending on which one you're going for. And I think that's one of the smartest things that they're doing here at launch is to give people this easy onboarding ramp. And by wrapping Game Pass into it, it guarantees that those people will also have games to play, whether or not they have extra disposable income to buy games in a traditional sense. Like it feels like they're in such a good position to grab market share and to do like the long term win. Um, it's just it's not going to pay off immediately like this holiday season it will look like playstation 5 is out to an early lead and i think that's to be expected because xbox is playing the long game yeah i mean they've been working on this for at least two years they've well at this 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 particular marketing strategy and business plan they've been working on this for at least two years from when they announced windows uh games for windows when they said that everything was going to go cross-platform uh that was when they first started making this public that what they were doing and we've seen incremental changes to it where i'm really excited about it in a couple of years like i thought about pre-ordering and doing the 35 bucks a month but thinking about what we were just talking about I'm not going to be playing any of those games right now because I have a PC. When I need an upgrade, though, I'm absolutely going to go to the Xbox as opposed to buying another, you know, $800, $900 or more PC to do that, to be able to get those games and have the library of first party things that are coming out on release day on Game Pass. Yeah. And, you know, the Game Pass, one of the stats that kind of snuck out through some of the news in the last few days that didn't get a lot of attention is the fact that Game Pass has increased their subscribers by 50% in the last five months. That's oh, wow. insane numbers of growth. And it kind of came out alongside some of the Bethesda news, so it got buried. But like, that's that's incredible growth. growth. Like, that's it's crazy. It's crazy that it's growing that fast. But I think that, yeah, it's like it's kind of the sleeper hit it's like this sleeper business strategy that we're not going to know if it pays off or not but i would not be surprised two years from right now to be saying like oh wow microsoft is really ahead and sony's going to have to do something to catch up because sony is just kind of repeating the playbook that they know well, Sony has tried one thing to appeal to those kinds of gamers. Uh, and I say those kinds of gamers, the, the Game Pass specific gamers is what I mean. The ones who are looking for the, the, the Netflix of games. What they've done is they announced during their last uh, stream event before the pre-orders went live was that they are doing a PlayStation Plus plus or something like that i really actually don't remember what they called it um but they're gonna have basically all of the major ps4 titles available for ps plus members to play on the ps5 on launch day so you're gonna get things like the last of us and arkham knight and a bunch of these really major titles that they've released on ps plus over the last couple of years you're just gonna have them available to be able to download and play whenever so as long as you're just going in you're gonna have really good games to play but it was a, a, a but it was a pool of like 12 games like all of them at once you're gonna get eight to 12 games whereas you have hundreds and hundreds on game pass it's like they're trying to catch up to it and they want to they just don't know how to do this because they're at such a disadvantage for that particular kind of business right yeah and 
you know, it's it's almost like the ambassador program from the 3DS. Like if you were an early adopter for the 3DS, you got a handful of games from Nintendo. Um, if you bought before a certain date, that's <laughs> what this PlayStation 5 thing feels like. It's like here's an instant game collection of like 10 or 12 games, like you said, and they're all heavy hitters. They're all very impressive games, like you said. You know, there's like God of War and there's Persona 5 in there, and then like the other couple that you mentioned. Like there's there's a ton of good games, but it's not the same, right? It's just not the right. same business model. And it's kind of going to be this war between these two business models, and we'll see what happens. And I'm so interested to see that play out. And I I just don't know what the what like the, the next year is going to look like with these because it was kind of a cluster getting any kind of pre-order right now. And this is something that's new for this particular generation. Like I can't remember any console launch at all that has been both this contentious, this, this kind of game of chicken uh, that's been this important to the, the manufacturers because of the pricing and making sure that everything went out just right, as well as the players being so divided and wanting uh, a particular machine like over the next year i'm wondering how that's going to change because of just all of this stuff the the culture i think is going to shift in some way that uh, is is not what it is now and all this is discounting whatever nintendo does yeah i mean not to mention covid like covid's playing a part here because all the pre-orders were online right and this is the first console generation to launch where all of the pre-orders were online because there's the last couple there have been a little bit here and there like Amazon or like some retailers will do online but this is the first time where it's like don't even bother going to the store it just it's all online that's how you're going to get it or not get it um, so that's part of it but also there's this push towards digital right not only Game Pass as a whole digital service but the fact that one of the two PlayStation models doesn't even have a disc and that's the one right. that I'm going to get like I don't care about having a disc or physical media I bought literally zero zero discs for the entire life of my ps4 so why would i pay extra to get a disc drive that i'm never going to use no you bought one you bought uncharted no that one came with it no so, that was from game pass was you it? bought one from game pass yeah you bought one game from game pass okay. that was worth keeping i remember that because i was amazed that you kept a physical game <laughs> instead of sending it back and buying the digital version of it yeah okay I'll trust you. That does sound but like one. something I would have done with Game Pass. Like, just hold on to something for five bucks or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's really all it was because you don't go out of your way to get them where I will wait and get them. But we've also talked about that this week. Of I got the pre-order for the, for the physical edition of the PS5, the one with the disk drive, because a lot of my, a lot of my people locally and, well, I shouldn't even say locally, a lot of the people I interact with game-wise, even Austin being in, in South Florida, we trade games and we will when one of us buys something and is done with it we'll let the other one borrow it and things like that and my nephew as well so physical games are still something that matter to me in the way that I play games so I can't have the uh, the the all digital one and still be able to interact with gaming the same way that I always have yeah and for me it's just a non-factor which is why I'm glad that they have both versions right we're still in a console generation where people have not switched fully to digital but like every year the number of purchases that are digital compared to physical goes up as a percentage and like we're gonna get there like you're all gonna be forced into doing all digital all the time sometime it's just like is that one console generation away is it two 
it, it's going to happen at some point. Um, but for now, I'm glad that they're giving people the option to go either way. And like you said, this is probably where we should talk about where we landed on it, right? So you got um, one of the ones with a disc. I bought one. I pre-ordered one that's the digital because I don't care about disc. And let's talk about why, because I think that's fascinating, right? Because like for me, my reasoning was... I know that I will use the PS5 and I will need one eventually because I like to play Sony's exclusive first party games. And it's like, what are you going to play right when the console comes out is always a question. What's like the system seller for you? And the answer is, there's nothing I need this console for. Like they announced this Spider-Man Miles Morales is coming out on PS4 also. And did they? I completely missed that if they said that it was coming out on PS4 as well. Like, I've only seen PS5 stuff. No, it's coming out on PS4 also. So there's literally, like, that was going to be the reason that I was buying it. But then it was like, well, it's coming out on PS4 also, so I don't need it. But I I know that I will use it, and I know that there are going to be exclusive games. I'm basically buying myself future happiness. And the other thing is, like... I want to try something on the new system. I want to play Miles Morales on the new system. And also, I'm looking at one of the big factors is for how much I loved Hitman 1 and 2. Hitman 3 (laughs) is coming out in January, and PlayStation is my preferred console for it. And the load times are one of the things that kept me from playing more of that series, even though I loved it so much. So the fact that they keep talking about how fast the load times are on PS5 is actually a huge, huge plus for me because I know come January, I'm going to be playing a game that historically has long load times. And I'm actually the same way. It was load times that sold me on it because uh, those of you who've been listening for a little while have probably heard me complain about the load times on the PS4 because that is the only real issue that I've had with not having a PS4 Pro in that like playing Jedi Fallen Order, I put it on story mode so that I didn't have to wait through three minute load times or more, three or more minute load times to just get back to the game to have something kill me in 15 seconds. That I was having spending way more time on the load screens than I was in the game. And so that kind of thing made me really look at whether or not I should upgrade to a PS5 or kind of just hold out since a lot of these are going to still be cross-generational. I didn't know about Miles Morales, so there was that one too, where uh, Spider-Man, uh, the original Spider-Man game is what made me decide on PS4 over Xbox One. Uh, Miles Morales made me kind of choose PS5 over the Xbox Series X. And and I, I want to play it on the new system. I mean, I'm I'm like you on that one because I didn't know it came out was coming out on PS4. But I also ended up buying the upgraded edition, like the the digital deluxe or whatever deluxe, not digital deluxe, the whatever the the special version of it is that I saw at Best Buy that comes with the remastered version of the PS4 game. So that that's the only way you can get the PS5 optimized version. So uh, it's not a you already have it and you upgrade to it like the Marvel one. So that sold me. Spider-Man again sold me a PS5. Uh, <laughs> sold me Well, Spider-Man again sold me a PlayStation and uh, I honestly plan on using it kind of like a PS4 Ultra Pro uh, because like those low 
load times make a big difference and I'm going to play the PS4 games that I didn't, you know, get to. I'll, I haven't played God of War. So you know what? I'm going to play God of War when they have it on this uh, this particular system. I'm going to play uh, Arkham Knight probably on it, but instead of the, the PS4 because of load times just being uh, knocked out and having the better graphics. It's just, it, it is just enough of a, an, a major upgrade. I shouldn't say just and then major together, but I have a regular PS4. So it is just enough of a major upgrade to make me say, okay, I can spend this money on it. Whereas the Xbox Series X doesn't have like that one extra thing like Miles Morales to make me want to make that jump. Yeah, and I kind of landed in the same spot because both you and I have base PS4, right? Right. And it's like if I had a PS4 Pro, I kind of doubt that I would be getting a PS5 right now because it wouldn't be as big of an upgrade. And that's where I'm landing with Xbox because I have an Xbox One X. So I have that like middle console because I didn't pick it up right away. Um, I didn't get mine until like last year when there were super deals for Black Friday. And because of that, I'm currently a Game Pass subscriber. So it's like I'm getting all the benefits. There's no exclusive games on the next one yet. I have the half step up console and it's really powerful and it does great and it's it's totally fine. So it's like on Xbox, I have no incentive to get it yet. Um, that might change, you know, in a couple of years as more games come out and they start being exclusive to the new box. But even then I could play them on my PC. But the fact that I'm in the Xbox ecosystem and in that Microsoft ecosystem, you know, I pre-bought because there was there's a good way to do it. If you buy a bunch of Xbox Live Gold for super cheap, you can convert all of it into Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for one dollar. So I did that and I have like three years worth of Game Pass Ultimate. So uh -huh. Microsoft doesn't care because they're already getting my money for the next three years. They could care less what I'm playing the games on. I've already bought into their subscription model. So they've yep. won me over there. Um, it doesn't matter that I'm leaning more towards the PS5 for the actual console itself that's coming out this holiday season because Microsoft already has me hooked in a way. So it's like both of them are winning when it comes to me, which I think that's it's so interesting. And I don't think like like from what I remember you saying, you don't have a 4K TV either, do you? I do. I have one. Yeah. Okay. You do have one. So whenever you do upgrade to this, whenever it is time for that, like you'll be able to justify it even more so because you're going to get even more out of it than I would. Like I was thinking about, I'm thinking about getting a 4k TV, but right now it's like, man, eh, maybe sometime. I don't know. But, yeah. We had to grab, it, it wasn't even like, I don't know, 4k is so weird because I didn't feel like I needed it. It was right. just that when we moved into the house that we're in right now, um, for the spaces that we had, we ended up needing a new main TV for the household for our living right. room just because of the layout and where our old one was going to go in the house. And it's just like 4K TVs are what they sell now. You know, it, exactly. it wasn't something where I went out and I was like, I really want a 4K TV. It was, oh, we need another TV. Let's grab whatever. And it happened to be 4K. And that's what uh, that's actually one of the reasons we have the uh, 1080 TV uh, that we got, because it was like, we need a new TV. We we're still on a CRT. Let's you know, this one, let's get a new TV. And it turns out that the one we got that actually had the best reviews at the time that we were looking at was 1080p versus like at the time they were still selling uh, 1080i and 720p uh, TVs. And so it just happened to get that. And now, you know, that's fine. 
that, that's what it, it does everything I need it to do. So eventually I'll upgrade and I'll get even more out of these. But it's it's not something that I feel really compelled to have. And so it's not. And even though Xbox Series X is more powerful, there's nothing to take advantage of that for me uh, because I have a PC. And if I want it, I can play it on Game Pass there. Yeah, totally. Which I've done so, a few times. I mean, I think both consoles are in a position where they could win by completely different metrics over the next couple of years. So this is going to be a fun one to watch play out. And there's going to be a lot of hype around the holidays. So it'll be fun to be part of that. Um, yeah. So we just wanted to dive into it because like that was top of mind. That's the newest thing that happened. Um, well, there's also the whole like we didn't talk about like you talk about having fun and uh, and being happy. But that's not what the pre-order process has been. Yeah, like but the, I mean, uh, pre-orders are process. always a mess. Like, I, I don't oh, know. They are. I guess I don't. I don't want to like overemphasize that because pre-orders are always a mess. It's always a complete just like flip of a coin. A, a tons of people are disappointed. It's stressful even when you do get one. This is kind of par for the course. And yeah, it sucks right now because that just happened in the last week and everybody's in the middle of it. But right. months from now, it's like you'll look back on it and be like, oh yeah, but that's what happens every time. It does. And that's like an MMO launch. It's like, yep, this is the way this happens. Where I got lucky on this one. Like, I I didn't decide to get a PS5 until I was able to pre-order one. That when they went live, I actually had missed them going live because they didn't go live at a particular time. Sony said they were going to be going live tomorrow. And then retailers jumped the gun. So Austin sent me a text message that was like, hey, these are live on so-and-so, but Walmart's already sold out and you can get it here, here, here. So I was looking around and I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to sit all night trying to get a PS5. If I happen to get one, I'll reload a few times and, and get one. And it turns out that I was able to pre-order one at Target pretty pretty easily and early and uh, really lucky because after that they just completely stopped and then later on the next day it uh, they went back up at Walmart they said they were going to go on at 6pm uh, Eastern time no 6pm now let me think it doesn't matter well, at, a, at a particular time and it was 8pm actually and um, that uh, they were going to go on at 8 p.m. Central and I was going to, you know, I was going to check it out because Austin wanted one. So I was going to try to help him get one. And I it crashed completely. The the moment it happened, like people on Twitter were complaining that uh, that it happened even before the time that they said it was going to launch. So I knew it was a cluster and there was never going to be any way that we could get it. So I just happened. I was messing around my phone like an hour or so later, maybe two. And uh, I, I, pressed the safari button and it had that had the walmart page still up and it loaded and let me add a ps5 to my cart and check out uh with no issues whatsoever apparently i'd caught their restock right like a minute and a half two minutes before they had sent the email out to people telling them that it was back in stock so I, I snatched one, and I'm one of the few lucky people who I know got two PS5s, but uh, Austin has paid for one of them. He uh, sent me the money already to uh, get it, but uh, I was able to get a second one with no problem. It's like I'm an outlier on this one where I had medium trouble, and I've known other people wanting to rip their hair out for this. And, like, all you did was stay up a little bit late like half an hour later than normal and then it was like click 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 i got a ps5 yeah i mean i feel like it's always the same story it's like right place right time did you get lucky yep. or not 
you know, and at the end of the day. This time I got lucky that usually I'm one where the, the websites will crash. Like I've very rarely been able to uh, to last through anything. Like I missed all the Nintendo pins and Xenoblade phone rings and stuff like that this time. Yeah, it but happens. I got PlayStations. So we'll see what happens this holiday season. It'll be it'll be interesting to watch and interesting to watch the narrative around it too, as these business yeah. models kind of emerge more. Um, so before we do a little bit of geekery, don't forget we're part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the geekery blog, all that and more at geektgeekmedia.com or go to geektgeekmedia.com slash subscribe and get it sent right to you. And what's the newest with the digital magazine? The magazine will be coming out for September within this week uh, that y'all are listening to this. Uh, this is a Mario, uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, 35th anniversary issue. We've got all sorts of really awesome stories about people and Mario and how it, what it means to them. And uh, the first few articles that I've been able to read and edit and get put together are just fantastic. Uh, so if you guys want to go to uh, patreon.com slash geek to geekcast you can check that out. You can subscribe to our magazine read. August's issue uh, that was on remakes and remasters and uh, support the uh, the network that way. It would be wonderful if you did. Sweet. Uh, with that, it's time for a weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. What have you been up to? Well, very briefly, well, actually, a lot of it I've been playing Mario stuff, and we're okay. going to have a Mario episode uh, yeah, probably next week. Mario. Yeah, and I so think. there's been a ton of Mario in my life, but uh, so y'all can just hold on for that one because I got thoughts and then but also like i i subscribed to dc universe the uh the what's it called um fandom got me really into it i finished up a bunch of comics i i read a lot of the batman stuff that that i wanted and i've kind of of eased off on the dc comics right now but the dc universe product as a service and everything is fantastic um i I can't recommend that enough Uh, i've been playing kirby triple deluxe on 3ds i'd never played the first kirby 3d game and i'd forgotten just how cute kirby games are just how fun they are like my nephew was talking about kirby the other day and i was like you know what i've got that game and i'm in a platformer mood so i turned it on and it's really really good like i'm still consistently impressed with 3ds games like I don't I don't understand why I haven't played more of them. So I keep going back to the 3DS and then I did beat Mario Odyssey finally. I went back that's one I'm going to play. I'm not going to go into much detail because we're going to go in the new episode, but I finally got the credits rolled in it. Like that's I know great. I've said before I got to the end of it and didn't beat the last level, like literally the last level and the last boss fight. I did it this time. So I got credits on that one. Um and then I finally finished Westworld season two. Um, I can't remember. Did you watch season three of Westworld? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I started season. I started season three, and it feels like a completely different show in season three. Like I am so confused, like in the best way possible, that this got me hooked again because it feels to me like Westworld stopped being what it was in the first two seasons and is really shifting into what uh, the show might become over like the next four. Like it's really cool. It feels like if the Matrix were a TV show and it had Rachel Evan Wood instead of Carrie Ann Moss. Like I loved the premiere of season three and I can tell from the way that you said yeah you did that you did not feel the same way i did at least about the whole season uh so like really you didn't care much for season three no it was 
It was fine. It was, I think the problem is if they wanted to tell the story that they're like telling, it could have just been a different show. There's no reason it needed to be Westworld. Like Westworld as a core concept was something that was really appealing to me. I loved season one. Season two was all right. I was hoping it would kind of redeem itself with season three, but season three took it and just turned it into, like you said, a completely different show. And that show is not bad at its core. It's just not the same show and it's not what I was signing up for. So I don't begrudge anybody who likes it because I, I totally like, I get it. I see what you can like about it, but it's not what I was going to Westworld for as like a show that I was watching. So I personally was let down by it. I mean, I can absolutely see that because I, I saw the, the thumbnail for it and I'm like, that doesn't look, that doesn't look right. And then I watched it and I'm like, man, this is 100% different. Like it is, I don't even know how to describe it other than it's a completely different show that you could pick up season three of Westworld and watch the previously on. And I think that you would be able to get a good grasp on what the show is and where it's going without watching the first two seasons, which is a bad thing. But at the same time, it's a very interesting way to tell a story to me. So I'm I'm curious on what they do with it. And season four has been approved and greenlit, but not started yet because of the apocalypse so yeah that happens yep and uh, i also started reading dune again they released the trailer for uh, dune and i am all in i uh i i i cannot wait like i always forget how good the book is and i was bouncing between it and lovecraft country the book which is also fantastic in the show too but uh, now i'm just reading dune like, it's not even bouncing anymore. I'm just like, ooh, what's going to happen? Even though I know what's going to happen. <laughs> cool. I'm glad that but, you're enjoying your reread. Yep, I really am. Like, this is one of those books that I can reread, and it always gets me to where I want to uh, read even more of it. Like, just constantly read it, because I know what's going to happen. I know how it's going to happen. And I'm always, I just love the way that the book is put together. Like there are very few books I can actually read over and over and over again, like consistently and within a reasonable time frame of, of it. But I can read Dune pretty much any time, I think. Cool. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've been doing a lot because like we said, we took a couple weeks off here. We pre-recorded. So I have a lot built up, but I'm going to dole it out over the next couple episodes because I don't want to do a two hour episode. We're trying to avoid these <laughs> these days. Um, but I did finish an anime, which is super rare for me. So I wanted wow. to call that out. Um, I finished Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which was good. I liked it. Um, I think the trick for me with this one was that I watched it slowly. Like I watched it while I was running on the treadmill on Sundays. Like I would just do Uh, it one day a week. And so every time I would go for a run, I would get through about half a season and there's only five seasons. So, I mean, I guess if I do the math, that means that it took me 10 weeks to get through it. And it was, it was good. Like I liked it by the end, you know, I'm glad that I finished it. So that's worth calling out just because me liking an anime is super rare. Um, but yeah, full metal brother, full, full metal, full metal alchemist brotherhood. (laughs) Um, got a thumb up for me in the end. I've heard really good things about that one. And it's like, whenever I say I need to watch more anime, people are like, have you watched full metal alchemist brotherhood? I'm like, no. And so I've, I've got to go watch that one at some point. Yeah. And specifically people told me this before I started. They said, make sure you're watching Brotherhood and not just the one that's called Full Metal Alchemist because it's a completely different show and the one without Brotherhood on it is bad. And I was like, okay, noted. Um, So yeah, yeah, that's something that if you are interested, make sure you're watching the Brotherhood one. And then um, 
the other thing I want to talk about this week was that I tried Crusader Kings 3, which is super interesting to me. Did you hear anything about this game? I, I haven't. Like, I'm I'm reading your notes on it, and I this one has completely flown just under my radar. Yeah, so, I mean, it's part of a series, obviously. It's the third one. It's a paradox game, which if you are into paradox games, that'll mean something for you. But it's like a grand strategy game. And it's interesting because it's through the lens of you only ever play one character at a time, and you're playing the ruler of, you know, whatever it is. It's the county or the kingdom or the barony or the duchy or whatever. You know, you can get up to being a king, or I think you can actually become emperor in some places. Um, But it's a game where time goes on and you can start in the real world at a certain time in a certain place with like basically real rulers from the time and real situations there's all sorts of starting criterias and times and places and stuff or you can customize it or you can go in you can complete completely flip the rules on their heads you can say that like men are no longer in charge it's all female-led it's all matriarchies um you can change so much about it and customize it and if it's like any other paradox game, give it like two months and there's going to be a million mods for it that are super interesting. <laughs> um, the thing about this game is I was hearing such interesting stories that I had to give it a shot because it was on Game Pass for PC. So there was no reason to not try it after it sounded interesting. And this is the second game like this on PC, the first being Flight Simulator, where I would not have paid $60 for it, but I will give it the time of day because I'm already paying for Game Pass. And it it was really interesting because the stories it produces are kind of amazing, but the moment to moment gameplay, I just can't do it. Like it's, it's not for me long-term, but I can see how this could be a game where this is the only game you play until Crusader Kings four comes out. Like there are people Mm. like that out there and I get it after spending probably six or seven hours with this game. Like I really put in my time like that. That does not sound like a kind of game I would want to play, but I am uh, very interested in uh, like the concept of it. Like I would like to see what other people are doing with it. Well, and it's the kind of game where you start the tutorial and the first tutorial screen is like a wall of text. And within that wall of text, there's a bunch of highlighted words. And if you hover over each one, there's another wall of text hidden behind it. And there's almost tutorials within tutorials because there's so much going on. And it's like... If that is the system that you like to engage with and you have fun, there's so much there to dig into because you can take your ruler and you can make them all about intrigue and you can spend your entire like character's lifetime just doing intrigue and plots and trying to gain land or gain marriages or do other things, you know, just through like political machinations basically, or you can be a warmonger or you can be like super pious and go on the crusades. Like there's I think five or six different tracks you can go down, but it's like there are so many systems there and they made it in a way where you can almost ignore some of them. So you can just focus on the things you're interested in. But for me, it was always bugging me. Like I would be wanting to do one thing and then it's like, oh yeah, but what about like my comp? my council or my console, whatever, you know, like my inner court, right. basically. Um, it's like, what do they want? What's going on with them? Like, what are all of their needs and wants? And why does this one not like me? And why does that one like me more? And then, oh, wait, what about the rest of my court? Am I keeping an eye on them? What are they doing? And like, it, it, it get very nitpicky, you know, if you want it to be. And so again, amazing stories come out of it that are just kind of like these systemic you know, they come out of nowhere and they're fascinating, but to get to them is a lot of time spent 
where you're just kind of doing things that aren't fun for me in the moment to moment. But if you are someone who likes grand strategy and you have never looked at Crusader Kings, you should absolutely look at Crusader Kings 3 because it's such a fascinating game. That sounds so in- like it's, it does. It sounds like Eve Online, the that kind of thing. Where it is, yeah. I love I, the concept of here. it. So like, yeah, I know that that's why that, when I saw that, like I couldn't remember if you even said it out loud. Oh yeah, but good it point. reminds me of Eve Online, the way that it, it happens. But I have no interest in playing it. Like yeah. I'm so interested in how it works, but it's like I'm never gonna play that again. And it reminded me of Eve, but it also reminded me of Dwarf Fortress, where it's like, it's a solo game, but there's so much depth there if you are the right kind of person for it, where you can generate these amazing stories out of it. But if it's not the kind of game you're into, you're just going to bounce off of it. Mm, Yeah, I would. I know as soon as I would see that first tutorial page, I'd be like, I'm done. Nope. Um, That is not for me because those kinds of games are not something that I want to engage with lately. So what I would recommend, though, is if you guys see any articles out there about like, here's this crazy thing that happened in my Crusader Kings 3 game. Click on those articles because you will get the best parts of Crusader Kings 3 without actually having to play it. it. It's one of those games. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's probably it for this week. You guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're there, make sure to check out all the other content on the network, like blogs and video game reviews, and our digital magazine, Press Start, on Patreon. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast, where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And I also co-host the Dragon Quest FM podcast to show about the Square Enix RPG series. We've been Void and Beej with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, y'all. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. 